Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. In all of our conversations, culture is the thing that ties it all together. Who are we as uh, Americans? Who are we as men and women? Uh, uh, the recognition of the difference between men and women and recognizing that differences are not evil. They may actually be important. My God, the whole point of culture is about seeing how things move over time. Time-tested traditions and ideas and thoughts and values that have provided a result. So we talk about culture wars and culture changes and culture shifts. The reason that they are so calamitous at times is because, well, we're talking about changing something that we have seen work. Not everything has worked, but in vast ways, we see that culture allows people to grow and to build. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Well, what happens when that culture is not simply going through normal and natural changes that it does as new thoughts and new ideas and new approaches come to be, but rather when that culture is attacked based on the premise that the thing that got us to here is the most evil thing in the world. And how can it be seen that some people are willing to fight to the very end when there doesn't seem to be any hope? Michael Walsh joins us right now. His latest book, Last Stands, Why Men Fight When All is Lost. It's available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. You can also uh, check out The Devil's Pleasure Palace, uh, which is also available, and The Fiery Angel. Uh, great books on culture and very much this culture fight and this culture war. He is a screenwriter. He has quite literally written everything, including being a long-time music critic. I believe it was for Time Magazine. Did I get that right? Yes, you did, Tony. How are you? I'm very, very good, sir. This this culture conversation is one that you and I have had off-air and, and, and on-air. Uh, I believe Last Stands is very much a, a look at this at this very idea uh, but i want to start with the idea of culture the idea that culture builds to not only share differences between us but that differences may also be ex they're okay they're not necessarily proof of a bigoted society well only a crazy leftist could think that everything is a giant plot against whatever they prefer to believe which is exactly what they believe the, the notion that men and women are the same, uh, as America's about to find out when uh, boy sprinters win every race that they run against girls, surprise, surprise, uh, is just crazy. And it is not the thing that got Western civilization to where it was and where it is. And we need to understand the differences between men and women. This book, Last Stands, is on the surface a military history book, battles from the Greeks at Thermopylae all the way up to the Chosen Reservoir with the Marine Corps 70 years ago. But it's really a, a, a pra in praise of what the left calls toxic masculinity. And I'm, I'm very struck by this today of all days, Tony, because the Chinese now have just realized that their boys are – 
as they put it in this New York Times story, weak and effeminate, and they are have, they are having a what they call a masculinity crisis in China, because look, they're itching for a fight with the West, but they don't have the the sheer testosterone to take on the West right now. And this this piece of the New York Times today is truly hilariously funny as they try to explain away the differences between men and women. Uh, we now, live in a crazy time, Tony, and Last Stands is a, is a missile launched right at the heart of third-wave feminism and crazy leftism. So, I mean, it, it is hard to explain what third-wave uh, of feminism is. I'm going to save that for another time, but this toxic masculinity conversation comes yeah. up again and again and again. Yeah. And certainly I take it as, and I, 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 I explain it to whoever listens, is that whenever I do something that as a man I do, that can be seen by somebody else as unacceptable for a man to do simply because I did it. Right. Yeah, that's well, that's the problem. They're not talking about some act that is overtly aggressive, remarkably aggressive, unnecessarily aggressive. They're talking just about the act of being me. Yes. So is how would you describe it? I would say you tell them that's too damn bad, and you're all broke up about it. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have essential natures. They don't change. Uh, my book, like like Devil's Pleasure Palace and Fiery Angel, which were cultural studies of, of uh, the – the influence uh, of, of, well, the first one was the Frankfurt School on, on America, and now you see what a mess America is. But all, all the way, starting with the Greeks and Romans to the present, we don't change. People don't change. Men don't change. Women don't change. Guess what, ladies? You want toxic masculinity. It's just like what Jack Nicholson says in, in Few Good Men. There are walls, and we have men with guns on them to protect them. You want us on those walls. Without that, you are in big trouble because you are not going to be able to defend yourselves or protect your children or your families or anything. This notion of toxic masculinity ought to be taken as a compliment and thank the third wave feminists every time they accuse us of it. But to, to take it just a step further, talking to Michael Walsh, uh, the author of Last Stands, Why Men Fight When All is Lost, right? You're, you're discussing here the appreciation that there is a difference between men and women, and that difference is not only okay, culturally it became necessary because it was a recognition of how people are different and still are able to come together. Yeah, well, as I say, I don't believe in the big plot, big meeting theory of history where all the cavemen got together and said, let's oppress women forever. Uh, that did not happen. What happens is that both between and among the sexes, people naturally sort themselves out into different hierarchies. The, the, the attitude towards the modern left is that all hierarchies are evil and arbitrary. The reality is they're perfectly natural extensions of human nature. So the left is constantly fighting against human nature. It infuriates it. It makes it angry. It makes it pass laws against it. It makes it crazy. So we have to stop ignoring them. Uh, look, Tony, even, you, you know, you and I were boys once, and when you're boys, you hang out with other boys, and the boys group instinctively turns into a kind of platoon. One guy's the leader, one guy's the comic, one guy's the brawn, one, you know, this always sorts, one guy plays right field, you know, I mean, when you're picking baseball teams. This just happens, this not does not happen among women, by the way, and that natural order that, that obtains among young boys turns into the natural order that obtains among grown men. And to let feminists break down masculinity is, is suicidal for us and, and, and suicidal for them, too.
one of the conversations that comes up, and it most recently came up from a, a, a Fox News contributor, Tommy Laren, who you know I, I don't watch on, on any level of, of regularness at all. Sometimes a, a video will come up. And she made this Instagram post uh, saying she's sick and tired of, of men because men are boys and they don't know how, how to treat women. And I remember seeing part of this video, and I'm like, and this is probably why you're single, because you made a video like this as opposed to... St- searching out people who might treat you better. But the bigger story is that's not a one-off conversation. And that is as much a conversation about understanding the strength, the power, the beauty, the glory of women as it is a conversation about where men are in society because this is, agree or disagree with Tommy Laren, it's about the idea, you can speak to a lot of women about this, women do want something more than just the effeminate that gets pushed to us on screen. And you as a screenwriter, you've seen that a million times. Yeah, well, I wrote a movie about a little girl in military school who has to learn to grow up and be a man in a way. It's called Cadet Kelly. It was the highest-rated program in the history of the Disney Channel and the highest-rated uh, Disney original movie at the time it came out. It's It spoke to both boys and girls, which is one of the reasons it's, it's a kind of cult. Anyone can Google uh, Cadet Kelly, and you will see a gazillion blog responses and blog posts about it. it. It touched a nerve, and that was 20 years ago. Uh, now with Last Stance, I've explained the, the essence of masculinity, which is to fight. Sorry, that's what it is. It's to fight. Uh, God knows I have a temper, and I don't know about you, Tony, but a lot of guys I know have tempers, and because that fight instinct is built into us. By the way, I'm just literally today uh, coming up with a proposed title for my companion book to Last Stands, which will be about women and how women complement men and men complement women. It doesn't mean one sex is superior to the other. We need them both just to have children to start. <laughs> this is this is where I, I, I'm, I'm glad the conversation uh, has gone to. And, and this, to me, is, is so much uh, the, the point that we work very hard in today's society to say that there are no differences. And we play this equality game as an erasure game, as, as, as you've been discussing. Discuss with me, as, as history goes, why the erasure of this and the failure to recognize, is, recognize the differences between men and women and the importance of those differences, um, how that has hurt us as a society and how you think that can be changed to better society. Well, I would just address this to the women in the audience right now. Third wave feminism, that's the current crazy, crazy, crazy version of what started out as, as a, a righteous campaign to have women paid equally and all that stuff back in the 70s. Third wave pe- feminism posits the following, ladies, that the highest form of a woman is a man. That's it. Once you understand that, you're going to reject third wave feminism because the highest form of a woman is a woman. And real men appreciate that. And poor Tommy Laren and her, her generation, uh, who, who have the, the dating pool of soy boys, uh, are angry and resentful. They're angry and resentful at the men, but they ought to be angry and resentful at their fellow women for turning the men into these weak-kneed capons. And 
of all, of all things, the Chinese now have realized that has infected their society too, and they have to do something about it. Physical training for the boys in school, toughening them up, doing all the things that Western civilization used to do to its males, starting with the Spartans, who would leave the weak ones out on a rock to die. Uh, they, they toughened their men up because they knew they had to fight. And the women supported that every step of the way. So this this is a, a, an essential nature of Western civilization, and the and the girls ought to get with the program. This is not a plot against you; it's a celebration of you because men die earlier, they die more violently, they take all the most dangerous jobs. As Camille Paglia famously said, "If civilization were left in the hands of women, we would all be living in grass huts." That's the that's the job of the men to do. And women should embrace that. Talking to Michael Walsh, the book of Last Stands. You should check it out for yourself. Why men fight when all else, when all is lost. By the way, I love the use of the word capon there. Uh, that is is a neutered or castrated rooster. Just so, <laughs> in case anybody didn't know <laughs> what what that was. And I love the mention of, of Camille Paglia, and I always pronounce her name as that because I just can't do it the other way, because she's one of the last true. Um, critics that exist in in, in in American society and who does so uh, as a woman and as a lesbian and um, uh, in very clearly talks in these terms. Uh, but I, I, I want to get into a little bit more of, of the book, uh, the whole idea of why men fight when all is lost. And you go through historical battles. You go through historical moments when there was nothing left but failure, and they said, all right, let's go do this thing. Describe that, if you would. Yeah, I will. Well, a good example of that, everybody knows about the Spartans at Thermopylae, uh, and, and we all saw, the, a lot of us saw the movie 300. But a battle Americans don't know took place in Hungary in the 16th century uh, at a place called Sigetvar, which was uh, where a small force of Hungarians and Croatian Christians were holed up in the castle keep there at Sigetvar. They had, were being assaulted by 100,000 a strong army of Suleiman the Magnificent during one of the Turkish Muslim invasions of Western Europe. And the Turks were on their way to conquer Vienna and then to Rome, and that's always been part of the Islamic conquest ideal. And these guys were down to their last few men. The walls had been shattered. There was nothing left. And, and the great leader named Zerini got his men together and said, we're going to drop the door to this thing, and we're going to go out there and we're going to fight for the last man. And that's what they did. They charged out, and they were all killed. But by their sacrifice, they stopped the Muslims. Suleiman the Magnificent died that day of causes we don't understand, probably natural, but possibly poison. Uh, and the Muslim army was broken, and it retreated back to, to uh, the Islamic territory. And Europe was saved for the next hundred years uh, before the final battle at the gates of Vienna a century later. So this battle at Sigetvar is called the battle that saved Western civilization. And it was all because these guys stoned up and they dropped the gate, they crossed across, they charged across a little bridge, and they all died. And there's a famous poem in Hungarian about this called The Siege of Sigetvar, which is just stirring and wonderful. It's the equivalent of the Chanson to Roland, the Song of Roland in Western literature. And I wanted to give it its, its due and its credit. And in fact, I went to Sigetvar and spent a couple weeks there just researching the site of the battle and the museum that's there. And, and this great conflict between these two mighty forces of Islam and Christianity. 
uh, and masculinity. Uh, it's just stunning. So that chapter I'm very proud of, and I think well, people will learn an awful lot about masculinity just from that. The book is Last Stands, Why Men Fight When All is Lost from Michael Walsh. You can go to Amazon and give it a purchase wherever fine books are sold. You can actually, if you follow me on Twitter, I did put the link out. You can just click on it and buy it from there. Michael Walsh, it's always a pleasure, man. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. David Hogg, I guess, is taking some business classes over there at, uh, at Harvard. He's getting into the pillow business. Ha. To take on Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy. Tony Katz, it's great to be with you. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. He's getting into it with uh, a guy who's in the tech world, William Legate. I don't know who William Legate is, a software developer. They don't like Lindell because uh, I think that the uh, election is stolen and I've got the proof and Dominion voting systems. And supposedly he put out the proof that he has that Dominion voting systems is fraudulent in a documentary. Yeah, it it wasn't very well done or accurate or productive. It's a how it's three hours, right? Yeah, but it's like it's just three hours of him sitting at a desk like talking like it's not it, that's it. No, really? Yes, that's why I said it wasn't very well. Like, it wasn't a very good documentary. It's him at a desk. See, I want him to invest in movies. Just let me make the movies. That's all I need. That's all I need Mike uh, to do right there. But the best is, Hogg is getting into this. David Hogg, who has no skills whatsoever, has done nothing great whatsoever. I would not wish anybody was involved in a school shooting, but he has no skills and no talent. He's not a good speaker. He's not a good orator. He's not a good mind. He hasn't done anything worthy of the accolades he has received. And he says, Mike, meaning Mike Lindell, isn't going to know what hit him. This pillow fight is just getting started. Ugh. And I, for one, am triggered by the violence. That is so lame. He, I am triggered by the violence. He's not going to know what hit him. So, so now we know David Hogg wants to hit Mike Lindell, and it's a fight. You're not allowed to say fight. If you say fight, you might as well be starting an insurrection against the Capitol. Lord only knows what Representative Ocasio-Cortez is going to do. Oh, she went on CBS today to remind you that if you question her, you are akin to a sexual abuser. And she had a whole circle, uh, drum circle about this in Congress yesterday. I'll explain it. I'm Tony Katz. I think the Republican Party in Nebraska is making a big mistake going after Ben Sass. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. This is from uh, KFORnow.com, where we are heard on KFOR, uh, 103.3 FM, 1240 AM. And it is how Ben Sass, Senator uh, Nebraska, Republican, responding to critics within the GOP, making a plan to vote to censor him, censure him, at the Central Committee meeting that they're having on February 13th. The resolution has already been drafted by the head of the Hitchcock County Republican Party, 
And I assume this is because of impeachment. I assume this is because of Ben Sass being a pretty vocal Trump critic. I, I, I'm not telling you that you can't voice your opinion, Republican Party. You can. But none of this is necessary, and you're not helping yourself. And I would question, not being an expert in Nebraska politics, but I would question, because all politics are local, is this really and truly the thing that is going to be seen as this is going to keep Ben Sass in line? Meaning, the, the idea of the censure, that's to vocalize your upset. Right, you're angry with him. You're unhappy with him. Unhappy with him, how he is handled. And I would assume this is specific to the ideas uh, of President Trump. It's not like he said tax increases. Sounds cool. Maybe I missed that. But the real question would be, what are you doing to vote for somebody else? What is the plan to run another person against him who you feel has bettered conservative bona fides? Now, if that isn't the end result, if you are unhappy with your senator, then I'm not, that I'm not sure what it is that you're going after. Now, maybe, maybe, I got to think of it a different way. This is how they voice their displeasure, but then they support him because on other things they support him, and they're not looking to replace him at all. And censure is the rational way to go about doing it. Haven't I argued that they should have censured Donald Trump, and you could have gotten that done, and we'd be finished here? You don't have to go through an impeachment, which is not going to get you anywhere. Donald Trump will not be convicted. The votes aren't there. I can count. And there is nothing that shows me where that's going to change. If the purpose is to just tell Senator Sass, we're not happy with something you've done, okay. Censure could be a way to do it. I think there are less uh, aggressive ways to do it as well. But if the plan is we're really tired of that Ben Sass, then you're wasting your time. You have to go about identifying people who can primary him and then support those people with everything in you. What are you doing right now to fundraise to ensure that you don't have more of Ben Sass? Now, someone could say to me, no, Tony's not running again or something like that, right? Things that I could, I could possibly not be privy to. My expertise on Nebraska politics, not as strong as it needs to be. I'm working on it every day. I just don't know where the censure gets you. What's the, I, I, I guess I'm asking, what is the long-term strategy? Because if the long-term strategy is to drop him anyway, none of this matters. If the long-term strategy is to remind him of how angry you are on these subjects, but you're going to support him on the other stuff, well, then maybe there's something else to do besides censure. You could still do it if, if, if you chose. I'm not, I'm not going to stop you. But the problems in Nebraska seem to be small compared to the problems going on right now in California, where Gavin Newsom, man, are they close to being able 
to get this this recall going. They only need a, a what is a hundred some odd thousand more signatures that they need uh, before mid March, and they can make this happen. And there is not a guy out there who deserves it more than Gavin Newsom. I mean, he's just. He's just a, a a bad dude and a bad governor. And his recall is bipartisan in nature. How else would they get the signatures? And it's 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 gaining steam, it's getting strong. This is a guy who has ruined California. In policy before coronavirus has ruined uh, policy, ruined California with policy during coronavirus, who didn't abide by his own policies and went out uh, to dinner because as an elitist, he can do what he wants. You learn about the sweetheart deals regarding mortgages for a house he doesn't even own. It was given, right? He didn't buy it, I mean. It was given to him. And then he was able to refinance it, making millions Man, he has figured out how to game the system like a you-know-what in a huge, massive way. Not worried about what you little uh, plebes have to deal with. No, whatever you have to deal with, man, that, that sounds like a personal problem. He's figured out how to make money, and he is making it as governor. Meanwhile, keeping you closed, keeping you uh, uh, silent, keeping you from getting out there and, and, and living your life. And that's what people are saying. This is disgusting. Never mind the radicalized policies. Never mind uh, the failure to, to protect business owners with things like AB5. I make it a point to avoid coastal stories. Because the last thing we need in our lives is more coastal stories. The coasts are convinced that they are the most important places, right? They're, they're, they're convinced of this. When it snows in the coast, we're all supposed to stop. Oh, no, there's snow in New York and D.C. The reason that we pay attention is because madness sometimes spreads. And we should see bad ideas and we should say to ourselves and say to our families and say to our friends and say to our local elected officials, hey, you see that what they did in California? Wasn't that a bad idea? Now, you don't get no ideas of doing that idea yourself. All right. All right. Look, I don't want to have to speak out of schools or nothing. You see that Gavin Newsom and the slick back hair and the suit that I know he got off the rack at Joseph A. Bank. Don't you be being hymns. We don't need no more hymns. He stays over there. You, you stay salt of the earth. He, he's a putz. You don't be like that. You be better than that. Now, if you start acting like that, I don't even, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know if you're going to start acting like that. Paulie, what happens if he starts acting like that? Can you imagine? Could you imagine, Paulie, he starts acting like Gavin Newsom? Call him Little Gavin. Could you imagine what's going to happen to little Gavin? Oh, oh, what a terrible thing. What a terrible thing. So, you know, we we understand each other, right? We see what they're doing, and we're like, mm, we, no, no, that ain't for that. We're better than that. That ain't for us. 
We understand each other, little Gavin. This makes perfect sense. Good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we had this talk. Now, get out of here. It's my daughter's wedding. That's why we talk about it. Because these people get bad ideas and they run with them. And we got to stop these bad ideas before they start. And you will know it's a bad idea when you hear somebody say, well, I heard Gavin Newsom had a good idea. That's when you start doing your thing. I'm Tony Katz. Gun sales? Man, January was nuts. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Red State with the story right here. According to the FBI, they conducted more than 4.3 million background checks in January 2021. Highest number completed during a single month in the agency's recorded history. The demand is just through the roof. Now, maybe, just maybe, this has something to do with Sheila Jackson Lee and H.R. 127, known as the Sabika Sheikh Firearm Licensing and Registration Act. We've already discussed this. This act not only gets into the idea, not only gets into the idea that you have to register your weapons. No, 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 no. You have to register your ammunition. Not only do you have to register your your your, your weapons and, and your ammunition, but you get it to be part of a database. And not only are you part of a database, but that database is public. Not only do you have to register your weapons and your ammunition, not only are you part of a database, not only is that database public, including your address, of course, you have to pass a psychological evaluation. Not only... Do you have to register your weapon? Not only do you have to register your ammunition, not only are you part of a database, not only is that database public, not only do you have to pass a psychological evaluation, you'd have to have liability insurance. This is what the Democratic Party has put forth, and that's one of the reasons gun sales are through the roof. Oh, then, of course, there's always President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. You might as well get the thing before you're not allowed to get the thing anymore. Me, I, I've talked about this. The thing that I'm looking for is uh, the six-hour MPX. Right? I, it's just... Uh, I know people... Okay, I'm going to I'm going to say it wrong. Remember, I'm a second amendment guy. I'm not a gun guy. Big difference in the two. There are people who can quote chapter and verse on firearms and ammunition and everything else. I've never been that guy. I don't even enjoy practicing. I don't enjoy shooting at all. I never have. Support of the second amendment. Oh, up down left and right. Tell me what I can do to help. 
I can discuss, I can share, I can engage. I know how to counter the nonsensical arguments, put me on stage with near anybody, I can do my work. Discussion of different types of firearms? I have been around groups of friends who will start talking about what they like in a grip, and immediately I just need to run away from the table. I've, I can't. I can't keep up with all of it. When they start talking about replacing the trigger, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. This is more than my brain can take. And gun guys are like, wait, what are they replacing it with? Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, they're totally, totally in. And it's, it, it, it's, it's fascinating. So, so uh, I, I like Six Hour. Uh, full disclosure, they are not a sponsor of the show, and they should be. Um, I'm going to say that. Uh, also, full disclosure, my carry weapon is a Sig Sauer. I carry a, a Sig P365, and I utilize that over the Smith & Wesson that I had, which was also a 9mm, uh, an M&P Performance Center, um, because, well, uh, you, it, you had a, a, a bigger magazine. You could carry more. I think the, the Smith & Wesson was 7 plus 1 or 8 plus 1, and this is 12 plus 1. And so that's that's what I wanted uh, to have. And it was also a smaller form factor. And for a bigger guy, I find it super comfortable, even if I'm inside the waistband. Uh, super, super comfortable. Well, the, the, um, the MPX is, am I wrong in calling it, it's, it's a semi-automatic submachine gun? That's not the way to call it, though. I'm not sure. It's 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 a it's it's nine millimeter. I mean, they refer to it as a sub gun, so I don't want to call it a submachine gun because it's not it's not automatic. It's semi-automatic, but it shoots nine millimeter, or, or that the the caliber is nine millimeter, I should say. And the 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 the, the buttstock can flip out so like you can keep it really compact and then just flip it out when you need it and there it is easy to control it uses the same kind of ammunition as everything else that i utilize i like that a lot i'm not interested in having multiple things and multiple calibers i don't want to remember while well, i'm using this firearm and here's how it it kind of kicks i don't want to have to think about buying in different places just give me one thing and then uh, the AR, right? That's it. All I want. Simple and easy. It's all I'm asking for in this world, and that's why I like it. That's why I like it, and it holds a 30-round magazine. Other reason why I like it. As a home defense weapon, it's just an easier form factor. That it, 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 This much more compact thing, and I'm like, that's... That's what I'm, I'm not opposed uh, to, to, to the AR. Please don't get me wrong. But I've always been aware, not being a guy who likes to go out and, and practice shoot or shoot for fun, that when, when I'm even at a range, I'm not shooting 30 yards downrange. I have no interest whatsoever. It's fun maybe for a couple, but after that, that's, that's not my real life. My real life is from the top of my staircase to the bottom of my staircase, and who's trying to come up the staircase. My real life is the person who comes at me in the middle of the street. Those are the two places I want to be prepared for. And I like the idea of the MPX. So if you have one, if you know about it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Most definitely. If I got anything wrong, I admit it. I'm not, there is no pretending for me. And that, and, and the reason I, I'll come out and start by saying I'm not a gun guy, uh, know this, you cannot fake it.
You cannot fake being a gun guy with people who are gun guys because they know it and they will absolutely abuse you until you simply fall down and wet yourself. Just be clear. I'm not. So if I said anything wrong, let me know. And if you utilize, if you have the SIG MPX, let me know. And try and get one now before Sheila Jackson Lee gets her way. Which, by the way, she should never get her way. This is worth fighting. Every step of the way. I'll get into more of it. I'm Tony Katz.